This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From the MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, it's almost time for those buses to hit the road again, and that means school shopping plus the request for the latest tech devices. So today we'll be talking about getting ready for back to school, getting the most tech for your buck, protecting those investments, ensuring safety in digital learning, and how to connect with your long-distance college student. So stay tuned, because today it's all about getting ready for back to school. You can give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring to ask any tech question. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From the MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Now, on today's show, we'll be talking about getting the kids ready for school. Now, no matter if you have a little one starting school for the first time or a student going off to college, technology will be on top of your list for your shopping. Okay, we'll discuss everything from where to find the best tech bargains and how to protect those school issue devices to staying connected with distant students. So give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's the one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four and online at Everyday Tech at MPB online for your tech questions. So good morning, Jeremy and Wilts. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad we're all together. Yeah, we're Once all in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> together we can see each other. <laughs> so how was your weekend? Uh, it was it was thankfully slow. Everything is kind of in slow motion. It's, I, I'm still trying to recover from that trip last right. week. That wore my tail out. So I just I kind of had a very low-tech weekend. I think I might have checked some Facebook. Uh, that was about it. Didn't really work on much. That's so. good. And how oh, about yeah. you, Jeremy? Oh, I've had a pretty eventful couple of weeks. Um, so busy about, I feel like my head's about to spin. Um, I had I a little client, motion, a little spin to it when you came in the Yeah, yeah, morning. just a little bit. I had to adjust the tilt a bit. Uh, I had a client uh, come into my shop yesterday, and he said that uh, his business email had been hacked, and it had been sending out fake invoices to his clients. And so um, I got his information, and I logged into his account. And we went back several days and we saw that someone had changed their password. And then one minute later, somebody from Nigeria had logged into their account and set it up with a bot or something. So uh, hopefully got that resolved. Um, but that was that was what I did right before I came in here. I was I felt like a forensic investigator just going through Google logs and stuff and seeing when the password was changed and when the users had last logged on and so forth. It's interesting what those accounts will tell you if you go looking. So, you know, yeah. that brings up a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
especially for people who have their own businesses, how can they prevent? We talked about that last week, but mm-hmm. how can they prevent? Is there any way to prevent that from happening? Yes, uh, there are ways to uh, prevent it from happening, uh, I would say, more regularly. I mean, I, there's no way to prevent it 100%. I mean, if somebody gets into your devices, they can get all the codes and everything. But what I recommend to any user with any security issues or any users who don't have any who want to avoid them is to set up two-step authentication on your accounts. That will require Google or Yahoo or whomever to send a code to your phone so you can verify that it's you who's doing it. So that's what I did for that client was I set up two-step authentication to allow them to receive a code on their phone before they log into their account. Like a firewall. No, it's not like a firewall. It's it's more like a uh, an authentication method uh, that verifies that the user is in fact the one trying to log on. Kind of like, kind of like an ID check. I um, yeah reinstalled some stuff on my computer, and as a result, I couldn't log back into Facebook or Google. And what it does whenever I went into it yesterday, the first time I try to log in, it says, "Okay, let us know that code that we just sent you to your known account." So what it comes down to is, you know, like Jeremy's saying, the dual authentication. What you know is one of them, which is you know your password, and then what you have, because it had to send it to my phone. So now, you know, basically there are three different uh, methods of authentication, we call it. What you know, what you have, and what you are. Okay. What you are being like biometrics, retinal scans, and things mm-hmm. like that. So dual means using two of those. Um, so yeah, it'll send like if you try to log into this Google to my Google account, it sends a code to my computer. So, okay, give me the code you just got on your right. phone, and, and make only sure you would know that exactly. Right. And you know it's what? a one-time code; it's we, not like yeah. something they right. recycle. And I and we talked about that. Unfortunately, technology is wonderful, but with everything that comes. There's a lot of there's a lot of convenience, but there's a lot of downside to that convenience. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's get into back to school. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going no. Let's not do that. Let's let's not do that at all. Well, you know, you have uh, some kids saying they're bored and they're ready to go back to school. It depends on the age. I see my daughter is going to eighth grade, so she's kind of tired of hanging around doing the summer camps and stuff. They're ready to see their friends, right. get the new shoes and clothes. But like we talked about it's not just shoes and clothes anymore it's the latest tech gadgets and i'm a single parent so let's i'm going to start the questions off how can we, we as single parents find the or just parents period find the best tech bargains out here look well um <laughs> you say uh, yeah look? yeah look. Look, look and research uh you want to be wary of the best tech bargain because it may not actually be the best deal uh, you see that a lot on like your Black Fridays and stuff. They actually buy cheaper equipment to push on those days because they know people are looking for that bargain price. So you have to be really careful when you seek out those deals. That $200 laptop at Walmart is a $200 laptop from Walmart. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, like they say, you don't always get what you pay for, but you always pay for what you get. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I say look, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's a lot of... Look into, read into it, make sure you're not buying, you know, um, something, something some substandard. I mean, you know, there are, you know, in certain situations, that inexpensive laptop is absolutely great for what you're wanting to do. Um, that inexpensive laptop might not be the best thing for maybe a kid going off to college. It's going to be carrying, you know, things to consider. If you're carrying this tech, you're carrying it everywhere. Well, if you're carrying it, you run that other risk of, oh, I don't know, dropping it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just thinking about a few of those things. And also looking for the bargains. Um, we've talked before about a lot of tech companies, especially 
for students, and that's not just college students. This is this goes, you know, uh, younger and younger kids are getting their their school email addresses. So basically, if you have that, you know. Um, .edu address, which means education, mm-hmm. they're eligible for a lot of discount programs. Your Best Buys, your Microsofts, HP, Dell, Apple, all of them. You know, I mean, I think Apple, just right off the top of the bat, would give you $100 off of a device just having that EDU address. I mean, hey, $100, that's a that's a something. That would be the better way to go because that's not a specific machine. That's a discount on anything they offer so that way you can kind of pick and choose what you want because there's a lot of computers out there i've noticed a lot of these that have the generic pentium in them now yeah they're just not that great they just don't run that fast and they will destroy a battery oh yeah and now this goes for teachers too there's also a lot of these tech companies let's not forget our teachers out there a lot of these tech companies also offer these same discounts to teachers i mean because you know they need to stay connected too i mean these kids are connected these kids are digitally involved we need our teachers up to speed and right there with them. So, And, you know, I did some research and I was online and looking at the average um, total that parents will spend on a child. Now, this is not a college level student, like you said, elementary to high school, $917 per child. Just Wow. One, right. Just Ouch. One, That's one reason I don't have kids. <laughs> that helps, right? You know, and, and you think about it uh, when you say Find out what you need first. I like you guys talk about find out what your child needs first. Sometimes, like me, going to Best Buy or Walmart, I've always had that uh, struggle. Which one is best? Should I go to Best Buy and talk to to the Geek Squad because they know a little, I think they know a little more? Or should I go to Walmart and talk to the girl that's in clothing that's going to run over and help me buy a laptop that knows less than me about yeah. a laptop? Which one is better? Um... Well, uh, probably definitely the person from Best Buy would be a little more uh, up to standard. Says the Geek Um, Squad, right? (laughs) right. However, um, I've worked at Best Buy, and um, everybody just learns from a computer in the back with multiple choice tests. So there's a lot of stuff that they may omit or they they may not understand about a computer while they're you know out there trying to sell computers. So. I always go for online reviews, and I always read multiple reviews. Yeah. I'll always go through, look at your one stars, and see what their complaints were. Because right. w- you know we'll say that quite a lot. I got it. I got it. So we have our. We're going to start off with our questions. We have okay. an early call, which is wonderful. We have Timothy. Tim from Louisiana. Tim, how you doing this morning? Good morning, y'all. Hey, how you doing? What's your question or comment? My comment is this. I visit a lot of folks. They have a big TV in their house, you know, one of these modern TVs. But they don't have a computer. And um, it would be a simple matter to add a Raspberry Pi running Ubuntu for under $100 complete. Plug right into that big screen TV and, you know, um, be fully operational in the home for a hundred bucks. Good Lord. You know? So, Tim, are you watching movies and stuff on your Raspberry Pi? What do you primarily do on it? Oh, well, I got one. I have three of them. I have one at the library that I've set up uh, as a sort of an Alexa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, running a Google program. I have one of them in my boat which is my navigation system. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And it's, you know, interfacing with a GPS, and, and you know, I, it will eventually steer my boat when I'm 
operating it, you know? Yes, sir. And so you, you said that uh, most people have a big TV and they could hook a Raspberry Pi up to it. So tell us, what, what, what can we do with it? What do you do with yours that you hook okay. up to your TV? Okay. I, I put Ubuntu on it, which is an open source. And it's a 64-bit processor, ARM processor in the, in the Raspberry Pi 3. You got to keep it basic here. <laughs> And anyhow, uh, it'll run Ubuntu 64-bit, and you can put Office in it, you know, uh, uh, open Office, and, you know, hook up a printer, and you can do everything you would normally do with any, you know, um, so, desktop. So you've got it hooked up to your TV. Are you streaming content to it? Do you watch Netflix on it? Oh, I can, I, I, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that would probably be what what more of our users would be interested in if they're hooking it up to their TV. So yes. well, yeah, you can also you know do uh, office tasks. You know, do you run like a wireless uh, keyboard to it, or how are you interfacing with it? I've got both. On okay. my boat, I have a wireless because I have it. Uh, I have it well secured from the weather. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I have an, I have a a. Um, a field uh, keyboard, you know. Um, it's made for working on the farm where you're out in bad weather. Okay, like a, like a water-resistant kind of? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Tim, from Louisiana. We love, what do we call him, guys? He's the what? He's our Raspberry Pi guy. Raspberry Pi guy. Thank pi- you. We should just call him the Pi guy. I like it. Yeah, Tim the Pie Guy. All right, well, when we come back from break, we'll continue with Wilton Jeremy as they help answer your back-to-school questions. We want you to get into the conversation. Call us up. Let us know if you have any questions or concerns or, you know, if you're looking for something to get your kid off to college or your middle school or your high school, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or online at everydaytech at mpb.org. Online. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts and Jeremy. Now, if you're just tuning in today... Our topic is back to school. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. If you have any back to school tech questions or comments. So before the break, guys, we were discussing how to get the most bang for your buck when buying devices for your children. Now... This is what I found out. Some school districts, not my daughters, but some school districts are issuing devices to their students. What are some things that parents and students should be aware of when um, receiving those devices? 
Well, one of the first things for me that comes to mind, and both of my kids have both received, um, they're over at Northwest Rankin, and they've received laptops. They're both in high school now. Um, first thing that comes to mind is that this is an excellent opportunity for us as parents to teach them responsibility. These devices, just because the school's putting them out there, I mean, you know, um, just like phones, I mean, these things aren't cheap, and, you know, they're not, they're not mm-hmm. cheap little throwaway devices. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's also the getting the kids to understand how to utilize them safely. I mean, uh, you know, just to be honest, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, these, these laptops and tablets and other things that they're issuing out there, they have things like cameras and everything else. This is an excellent time for us to start teaching the kids that, hey, whatever you do online can come back and get you. Um, you know, you got to be you got to be mindful of what you're doing on there, and also remember the school does manage these devices, so there's some management aspects that go in there with them. So, you know, this is going to also open up the door for you to actually work with your your local school to make sure that the kids are getting the right experience. Jeremy, yeah, um, and I'd say uh, you probably don't have to worry too much about your uh, viruses and things like that because um, that school should have that laptop locked down pretty well mm-hmm. to where the student doesn't have any administrative rights to anything. Is that how they're locked down, Wilts? Uh, they are. They they push them back. Um, they actually push them back through a proxy back to the school. I mm-hmm. will tell you though, and this is just being a hundred percent honest, and this is just not to, to disillusion folks. Yeah, if there's a way to get around it, these kids figure it out. <laughs> That's um, very true. I used to the, do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the idea that the school is helping to manage, the school is putting the antivirus, the school is trying to make sure that they're not going to sites they shouldn't be going to, mm-hmm. but it does not alleviate our responsibility as parents to still supervise because I'm going to tell you right now, the moment one kid figures it out, within about 10 minutes, every kid in that school knows exactly how to get around it. Yeah, in my uh, my tech class, when I was in the eighth grade, I figured out how to set a background. And so everybody was like, oh, how'd you do that? And I was like, yeah, here, let me come do it for you because it's easier <laughs> yeah. than telling you how to do it. So, yeah. Jeremy, you've been uh, spearheading technology for a long, long time. A long time, yes, wow. ma'am. Wow. But speaking of electronics in schools, I uh, was online, I was looking. A lot of parents don't, uh, some parents don't feel that electronics should be allowed in school. Some people don't. But, you know, the world is rapidly changing, and we have to incorporate technology in schools starting early so these kids can get a jump when they before they get in college. Well, yeah. well I mean, think about it. Yeah, you, you can't really do anything today without technology involved. I mean, going... Going to the fast food restaurant and ordering a hamburger involves technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's out there. I think integrating our, our children into technology, I'm pretty sure they come out of the womb now right. knowing how exactly. to use iOS at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> I think that's less of an issue than the parents being educated on what those devices can do and how they can better manage them. All right. Uh-oh, now we're going to go to uh, Braxton, Mississippi. I'm familiar with Braxton and talk to Mary. Mary, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, except I have got a problem and I haven't been able to figure out what to do about it. I would like to get the uh, music radio, and all I have is a regular radio thing, and I don't know, I don't have a computer, and I don't have, uh, uh, so do I need to buy an extra uh, radio or what? Oh, you mean like the MPB radio, like for listening to the Think Radio and the music side of things? Yes, and I don't have, and I don't have a smart uh, phone. Well, all you really need is a uh, an HD antenna for your TV, and you can pick up those digital channels, uh, some of which are MPB music. I've not been able to do it on my, uh, and I got a digital box and a digital antenna. Well, uh, your proximity to the station will, of course, matter. Um, you might also look into getting a more powerful antenna. 
I got one that's supposed to do uh, 50 miles, and I live down here in Braxton, just on the uh, uh, north edge of uh, Simpson County. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit on the. We keep looking at Java in there, and I think he's scratching his head a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, because um, the only thing, Mary, I can say is that um, with the HD um, radio that you can pick up from your, um, you know, local stores, you should be able to. Um, get into our, our music radio side and like just like Jeremy said, if you um have the uh digital converter for your for your T V, you'll be able to pick up those uh those channels too. Well I get I get you the uh, uh your uh what your program is I can get that on my T V. That's a different channel. Yeah I know that's a different channel but mm-hmm. I and I get all all uh, three of the other uh uh, uh all right, Miss Mary, you know, if you send us an email to mpbonline.org slash everydaytech, we'll try to get that answer for you a little bit better. Honey, I, I'm, I'm so old, I don't know what <laughs> I would I would look into uh, an HD radio, like Java said. Just um, go get you one of those and see if your signal isn't better with that. Because those, those antennas that you hook to your TV, they can really be pretty weak. I mean, I, I've had to, you know, make sure that it was held up to the wall with two tacks. And, no, one tack instead of two to get a better signal, because if you put two up there on it, it would lose the signal again. Those oh, things are very finicky. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Mary, for calling in from Braxton, Mississippi. Next, we're going to go to Rick. Are we doing okay? All right. Uh, What's your I've, question or comment? I've got a Galaxy Tab 2 that I've rooted. Mm-hmm. Root, it's pretty stable. Uh, I plugged it in the other day. It was down a little bit added in storage. So I just I got a uh, uh, otter box that it goes in, and I snapped it in the otter box. Let it plug the engine charge. Started playing with my Asus tablet, and today I went to uh, go start it up. See what's going on with in it, and uh, I got black screen. Uh, nothing's on. So you can't get into download mode. No, I can't even. It won't even. It won't even come up with the Samsung logo. All right. Logo. If you can't get into download mode, then you've either got a battery problem or a board problem. Well, it's probably the battery because it's probably old. And it's probably is, is it difficult to get in there and take the battery out and put it in? Nah, you should be able to pop the back off, but you're going to need a, a thin tool to get in there between that bezel and that frame. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Do I know? It's probably the battery, wouldn't you say? Most likely, yeah. Now, you could, uh, if you want to save yourself uh, the trouble of pulling the back off of it, if you have a USB voltmeter, you can stick that in between your uh, your device and the charger, and you can yeah, see what kind of amperage the battery's pulling. Right, right. I understand. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. All right. All, All right. right. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. All right. So let's see, guys. Uh, what we, let's, we were talking about uh, devices, electronic devices in schools. Now, what's funny is that, like we said, some parents or some people don't think devices or they, electronics need to be in school. They were talking about the personal devices. Now, every school has their own policies. You know, can they bring their cell phones and it will distract them or it won't? What's funny is what I found out. Just say if we really get into electronics in school and the kid leaves their paper at home and uh, they left the actual physical paper at home, mm-hmm. but they can just pull it up on their laptop, print it out and give it to the teacher. Look how convenient that is. And that's where the technology is going and, you know, the future is. Well, yeah. that's important. Yeah. I think what I think what um, we end up doing a lot, especially with technology, is we lose fact of we lose sight of the fact that technology is simply a tool. Technology doesn't remove our need to manage the tool. If 
if there's a concern that children are going to be distracted in the classroom playing on their phones, we don't. The, the phone's not the root cause of that problem. The teacher making sure that the kids understand the expectation of, no, you will not be on that phone while we were in class. Therein is the actual, I think, I think the solution. I think that we're, we're using technology almost as a scapegoat. I mean, I understand it can be a distraction. They can get in there. They can play some games or, um, you know, I've, I've heard the argument about cheating and everything else. I mean, it, it's so accessible. But uh, I've seen some, some teachers that are really taking a proactive approach to that. Like, for example, you come into the classroom and you set your phone up front. Um, you know, quite, quite honestly, my daughter was involved in an incident um, in her classroom a couple of years ago where, I'm sorry, her having that phone in the classroom, that was a security matter to me. I mean, she needed to be able to reach out mm-hmm. to mom and dad, and she was able to. So it does have a purpose, but we cannot pretend that technology is going to be the solution. We've got to still manage expectations. I, I think if it doesn't interfere with the class, then right. it should be all right. I mean, I had a phone in school, mm-hmm. and if I needed to send a text or something, and I thought I was you know, putting myself high profile, I'd just go to the bathroom and send a text message and then come back. Right. You know, <laughs> Just keep it on silent and keep it keep it out of sight. But it was managing expectations, and you weren't going to be disrespectful to the teacher and just, you know, while they're sitting there giving a lecture, you're playing on Facebook, on your phone. exactly. Right. You know, yeah. I know I'm dating myself here, but um, these issues never did I have these issues? I am what forty three years old, and in my day, if you felt sick, you raised your hand, you went to the office, you picked up the phone that was sitting in the office, and you asked them, "Can you call your parents?" Yeah, uh, that was my day too. Right in high school, we had a oh my god, I don't, I have never, I haven't seen a phone on a wall in so long, but a payphone. We had a payphone in my exist? high school. I don't know. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> and we had a payphone that you actually had to put money in, and uh, we. You, you can do personal calls there, but it's so, like we talked about last week, the times have changed so much to where, as a parent in 2017, I'm dealing with issues that I didn't even deal with when I was young. So mm-hmm. learning how to parent in 2017 in the technology world is is challenging. Yeah. And like sounds like a good book, another book for you, uh, Will. Hey, there we go. I like this. <laughs> a new yeah. parental book. I want to say the last time I saw a payphone, I was on my honeymoon in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. They had one. That's- yeah. You're yeah. taking a picture, man. Oh, exactly. I did. I went up with my video camera. I was like, what is this device that I see in front of me? I, I haven't seen one of these in some time. It seems to be some ancient relic for getting in touch with people. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I mean, but, you know, and also, let's think about what technology can do to to save the backs of some of our children today. You know, the chiropractors will be needed for other things. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Okay, come on. Y'all remember having to lug, you know, 450 pounds worth of oh, books, books. To, still, to class. Still kind of do. I mean, I got all my laptops and my tools and stuff. <laughs> so he's, he a has uh, extra uh, technology in his bag. But you made a good point, Wilt. Uh, my daughter has math, science, English, uh, all these books, and then the elective, the computer book. And mm-hmm. they have all these books. And um, some schools won't let them take their uh, rolling book bag, which doesn't make sense to me. You need me a rolling either. book bag because all those books on your back is not good. No. At all. No. I mean, so yeah. imagine a laptop, you know, suppressing all that and just have one laptop and, you know, you don't have all those books in your book bag. Well, I will say uh, I don't much like digital reading. I like reading a physical page in front yeah. of me. I can do that, but it's very straining to my eyes for some reason. Reading an actual book is much, point. much better. Well, I did notice my kids, like, for some of their summer reading, they wanted the actual book because mm-hmm. they wanted to be able to write in and right. annotate. Right. And, and, again, it comes down to that. That balance. It's, it's that balance. Mm-hmm. What's the right tool for that job? Don't just get it because you want it. Right. You know, and, and really understanding what is it 
you need? What does your kid need? Right. Now, All better right. on the eyes is the Kindle Paperwhite, which I do like because yes. you can highlight and make notes and stuff in that well, one, too. I like that, too. Yeah. Well, when we come back from break, tell us how you're getting ready for back to school. If you have any tech questions, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So we can answer your tech questions. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. As an MPB listener, you probably know of Radio Reading Service, our free closed-circuit network for the print impaired. But did you know that means Radio Reading Service isn't only for the visually impaired and that MPB provides the special receiver you need for the service? Call 601-432-6301 to see if you qualify for MPB's Radio Reading Service. 601-432-6301. There's so much more to know. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts and Jeremy. And I know you noticed that famous sound in the background. That is JSU. And that gets us. And you know what's funny? Uh, it's funny how my engineer, did he just know that? We're going into our college segment now. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about getting ready for back to school. Please call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online for all your back-to-school tech questions. Now... Speaking of college, how do you how do parents stay in touch with their distant students? Um, I know it's a big concern for parents whose children are going away to college. What ways can parents stay connected um, to their students with their students? Oh, I mean Skype and Skype immediately comes to mind. Get all phone call. <laughs> I like what? that. Phone call. Oh, okay. Back to back to the basics. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, just so many. That, that's that's really what technology has really brought to a lot of people: the ability to stay connected. Some would argue almost a little bit too connected sometimes. Sometimes we're a little bit too much. Uh, it's not like you can't get away at certain times. But, I mean, really, yeah, there's, a, there's plenty of tech options. Almost everyone has a phone now. You're not having to worry about going down the hallway to that pay phone like I had to back in the day. 
<laughs> well, you know what, uh, Wilt, Jerry, before you came in this morning, Wilt and I were talking, I found some interesting facts online. I did not know that some parents are using Skype and FaceTime and the ability to go online on your college, kids' college campus, EDU pages, and get their syllabi and uh, call. Your, some parents are calling students, waking them up, letting them know when they have a test coming up, uh, <laughs> even doing their papers for them uh, or checking them and sending them back. So we talked about technology wow. is great, but it can hinder your student as well. You you want to send them off to college to become productive citizens. Right, right. And also enable the overbearing parent a little bit there. <laughs> well, Son, you've yeah. got an exam this morning. Mom, it's not till 10. Come on, it's 7 a.m. Let me sleep. Is this a voice of experience there? Yeah, no, I, I, my mother did not, uh, not. Not not in college. In school, yes, all the time. I was yeah. not. I was not an education, a pro education kid. I was not a fan of school. I would not think so, but you know, really. No, was, but see, me, th- this is where I'm. I know when Jordan goes to school and goes off to college, I'm going to be that parent that's going to be overbearing, and I'm trying to prepare myself now to let you know, let her go, cut the strings, and let her get herself up. Let her, you know, make sure she's at class at seven. I am just paranoid of her oversleeping and flunking out of college and things like that. But you have to let them grow up. Well, you know, I bet you the same. I would have to imagine it's the same struggles our parents went through with us, too, though. Um, You know, I mean, just I mean, I grew up, you know, late 80s. You know, it's that same that same feeling when the child gets their first, you know, their driver's license Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they're out and about. It's it's hard for any parent to let go, and technology can keep you connected. But but it's like anything; anything to an extreme mm-hmm. can become negative. Right, and, you and know, we, we have to really watch mm-hmm. it. We talked about that, like you said, the technology keeps the students connected with their parents, but uh, sometimes the kids are not learning the skills that the parents need. To, the, their parents are paying for; they right. want them to develop. So you, it's a we talk about balance. It's, it's a balance. It's a great divide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's challenging. Much, much to my kids' dislike, yeah, me and my wife were able, you know, now they're both in high mm-hmm. school right now, ninth and 11th grade. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we're able to see what those assignments are. And it's been like, hey, make sure you're getting on that. And maybe a few reminders, um, you know, which, which I think is good as long as you're taking it from a teaching standpoint. You know, making sure you're teaching them the right things to do. Because, you know, sometimes kids, including myself, I mean, mm-hmm. even myself, even as a non-kid, mm-hmm. can get a little flighty, get a little forgetful. I tell my wife, oh, please remind me of that. Right. <laughs> well, what I plan on doing this year, I talked to uh, Jordan last night. I plan on uh, having a conference with all of her teachers. And I I know this might, I don't know, you guys can tell me, does it sound a little uh, overbearing? But I need the teachers to email me their um, lesson plan. For each week. So not to say I'm you know, going to tell her what's going on, but I want to know, be in the know. I want to know what's going on, the quiz and the test before it happens. So if I see her not studying, I know that she has a test coming up and I can go ahead and go in her room and take the phone away and say, we need to study on this. I like that aspect. What do you guys think about that? Well, uh, I think there's a, a couple of other ways that you could go about it without actually being um, quite so in their face about it. Mm-hmm. Like um, you could get access to their Google Calendar and you could set up reminders in there and you could have it message them, uh, send them a, a reminder like the day before or the hour before. I use my phone that way all the time because that way if if I forget no matter what I got going on I will eventually see that message that says you have an appointment at 10 a.m. so it's it's it holds me accountable and it's it's nice to have that pop-up reminder on that thing that I'm definitely going to pick up 
you know, right when I wake up and see what I got to do today. And, you know, that's what I was concerned about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to be the parent that the teachers say, oh, my God, here comes Miss McAdoo. Right. And she wants because they have a lot of uh, duties and responsibilities. So some teachers say, you want me to email you my lesson plan? I had one teacher last year who actually did. Mm-hmm. He emailed me with another parent. We got the group text and we'll group email and we got this lesson plan. I appreciate that. So if it's sometimes I feel like, am I asking too much of the teacher to do that? But it keeps me in the know. I don't think that's asking too much. I, I think seeing your child's lesson plan is a, is a perfectly legitimate request. Um, I don't, I don't it, that doesn't seem yeah. like too much pressure on a teacher. Well, I mean, I would think a teacher would be excited to send you that. Like, wow, an involved parent. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'd really be curious if we have some teachers out there that are listening, too, because that's kind of where my mind goes. You know, we as parents have to try to find that balance between being involved and being overbearing, right? being overbearing. <laughs> And, you know, what do the teachers like to see out there? And and a lot of that just comes down to, I think it's something that we've probably throughout just about every show, We always, it comes down to what you really need, what you really want, and what you're communicating. And I think that, that being that involved parent, therein is a difference. That's why your child's going to be successful. Right. And, you know, um, you know, we kind of try to follow up with a lot of the teachers, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and again, you know. Try to give the kids a little bit of leeway, but you know, and that's a, a struggle between me and my wife. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, hey, every now and then, just let them fall down a little bit. And one thing I want to say, you know, is I've learned in my life that you you got to celebrate your mistakes yeah. because if you don't, it's going to be real tough on you. So mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to that type of thing, just it, mistakes build character. Well, they allow you that. to mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not making mistakes, then you're not growing. So you know get out there and screw up a little. Right. And uh, we talked about 409, you know, the story of that. Uh, 409 is named 409 because he actually made that uh, concoction 408 times. Yeah. And wow. the 409th time, he got it right. So that is a test to failure. Oh. And, you know, and, and actually, I just thought about this looking at Jeremy's shirt, which, by the way, is really, really awesome. I've been trying yeah. to read it all morning. I listen while you sleep. That's wow. an echo. Okay. So, so do why? I. Yeah, that's the phone. Oh, that's the phone. Yeah. yeah. But I was just thinking, and, and you know, talking about, like, you know, learning from your failures, some folks may remember back whenever the Apple, the iPod first came out, the first version iPod, the first version iPhone were terrible commercial failures. People were just all over them. I mean, complaining and complaining. But Apple did something very unique with that. They actually listened to the complaints, took the criticism, and made it better. And now you'd be hard-pressed. I mean, you know, and and look, I mean, look where they're at. They positioned themselves. I mean, at one point, you know, know, I mean, Apple was sinking pretty hard. Mm. And when they actually decided to embrace their failures, learn from it, and move on. And bring Steve Jobs back. Well, yeah, that, that, that was a big help, yeah. <laughs> what was it we did with that Pepsi guy? Uh, get him out of here. Get Steve Jobs back in here. But, yeah, uh, the, the iPhone just kind of changed the game. It just provided people something different that, that worked. And I wouldn't say that the first iPhone was a failure. I would say it was well, it was like a trendsetter. Like, at that point... Everybody wanted a smartphone. I remember I was working at Walmart.com when that thing came out, and one of the people there had one. And I was like, oh, you got an iPhone? Let me see that. And the the touch and everything, it was a little finicky, but 
the touch screens changed so much during that time. We had the resistive touch, which was very, very difficult to use, and there was the capacitive touch, which got a lot better. Or did I get those backwards? Oh. Anyways, <laughs> uh, and, and, they and failure was probably the wrong word, but yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but it it was criticized, I and mean, pe- people. You know, it's amazing. Behind the keyboard, all of a sudden, people are very brave to tell you what they think, and you may not like it sometimes. Very true. We're going to go to Sam in Jackson. Sam, how are you doing? Thanks for continued. calling this morning. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I may to tell you, uh, the, the what would be, uh, you know, a, a good brand computer, you know, uh, a desktop, you know what I mean? I mean, a good brand for my book. And one other thing I wanted to say is, uh, I miss Sharita. What happened to her? You know what I'm talking about? You know... Uh, you know, I'm really upset. And then some guy came on the radio a few weeks ago saying that uh, he didn't like Sharita. How could anyone not like Sharita? Well, I agree with you. And when I heard that, actually, when we heard that, we, we got a little offended by his comment. But uh, we try to be gentlemen on the show and, and, and keep it together. And ladies, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, to answer your question, um, you you said that you wanted a desktop yeah, you know, what, what would be a good uh, recommended brand, you know, a desktop computer, you know, good brand for your book? I'd say all your desktops are, are pretty safe bets. Um, it's going to depend on what kind of processor you have going into it. Um, what, what are you going to be doing with your desktop? Uh, streaming movies, you know. Uh, the usual stuff. Know, uh, computer stuff. So you won't be doing any uh, hard graphic processing or gaming or anything of that nature? Nah, nah, okay, so I would say you could uh, keep somewhere in the budget of three to five hundred for a desktop, and you should get you a machine that you're more than happy with. If you go the refurb yeah. route, you can get it for cheaper. You want to look and make yeah. sure it has a dual core processor. Okay. I personally recommend a core two duo if you're going to go refurbished, and you can get one for about I don't know one fifty if yeah. you find a good deal. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going. If I buy something, I want. I'm going to get something new and stuff. You know? Well, the reason I said. The reason I suggest the refurbs is um, some of the desktops they're putting out these days are just not very good quality, and they've been slimming back on the hardware a bit. So um, the refurbs use a bit older technology, which in my opinion was superior for a number of reasons, which I won't go into. However, um, if you want to go out and buy new, um, just remember that there is a refurbished unit out there that you could get for probably half the price that will still come with a one-year warranty, just like your brand-new computer. I always go with what my clients find is cost-effective. So if you've got it in your budget, go for it. Uh, yeah, I had bought a computer out of uh, one of them uh, places, uh, kept, you know, they sell stuff real cheap, you know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, it was better than my laptop, you know what I'm saying? So I mm-hmm. could get my laptop. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you, Sam, for calling in, and um, we thank you for your comment and your question. Oh, and, uh, yeah, Sharita has moved on to grow her career, exactly. so we're all very happy to see her out there spreading her wings and flying. She's touring on her uh, on her comedy uh, tour right now, so uh, check out her Facebook page or her website, which I think is RitaBrent.com. Rita yeah, Rita B. Comedy. Rita B. Comedy, mm-hmm. yeah. She is doing a and, great thing. And check out her tour. Her live show is hilarious, although I will say um, it's definitely adult-oriented. <laughs> it it's is. not quite the Sharita you got to know here on MPB. <laughs> it's not. A little bit different, but funny. All right. Thank you, Sam. All right. When we come back from break, there's still time for you to chime in our conversation uh, to get help with your communication tech questions. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And if you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back. Today on Everyday Tech, we've been discussing getting ready for back to school from everything from best bargains to the latest devices and how to stay in touch with your distant student. Now there's still time for you to reach us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 and online at everydaytech at mpb online. So we're going to go back to our phone line and speak to Greg. Greg, how you doing? Greg is here. Greg is here. How you doing, Greg? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I, I was giving you a call in regards to uh, the comment that we made a moment ago about requesting for teachers to submit their lesson plan. Yes. Um, for me, uh, it is something that would make me a little uncomfortable as a teacher. The reason being is I do have some parents that will be very overbearing and to the point where they would actually critique the lesson plan and they would, you know, be questioning things that I would, everything that I would have. And for me as a teacher. Uh, with the stresses that we have, I wouldn't want to open myself up to that. I also I would mention though that there are several other options. I use for my parents. I give them uh, introduce them to something called Remind.com, and it's an app that allows me to text them uh, all of them at once, reminding them about uh, uh, upcoming projects and dates. I also use uh, what we call a learning management system, LMS, uh, called Canvas. And what I tell my parents is, if you can log into Canvas. You can see every assignment that I have posted for that week that they can do. Uh, Google also makes available uh, Google Sites, and I've created a teacher site as well where parents can go and they can see what's going on in our class. So I think there are some other alternatives to just submitting your uh, your lesson plan. To well, Greg, I'm glad you called. Um, as a parent, that was my concern. So let me ask you a question. Is that mandatory what you do for all teachers, or is that something you just do? It is something that I do. Now, my administration has often encouraged they encourage uh, communication with parents. I mean, that's just something that we've got to have and something that we've got to document as well. But uh, for me, it is just something that somebody introduced me to, and I found it to be a helpful t- tool for my classroom. Okay, so as a teacher um, going into this new school year, can I suggest or just ask if they have any of these um, sites already up, and will they be doing this, and then we can go from there? Is that a good way to open that conversation up with the teacher? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. You know, definitely ask about, you know, how do they, I think it's appropriate to ask, how do you keep in touch with uh, parents, you know? And as uh, with this being a technology show, there are uh, several means of communicating with parents via technology. So asking how they would, I think that's a perfect question. Thank you for calling in and answering my question as a uh, eighth grade parent. <laughs> and and thank, uh, for, thank yes. you for what you do out there for, yes. for the kids, Chris. Doing a great job. Thank you so much, Greg. All right, next we're going to move to Ashland, Mississippi. Oh, is that Ashland, Mississippi? And yeah. talk to uh, Jerry. Jerry's back. Jerry's back. <laughs> Hi, Jerry, how hey. you doing? I'm well, ma'am. Uh, just want to say about the, the new smartphones. I had an Apple Newton and Palm Pilot, and these phones beat the heck out of anything. <laughs> they they <man>. certainly do. <laughs> and, 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 and also, I'm kind of a... A thrifty fellow. I don't have cable, and I live in Ashland, which is an hour from nowhere with nothing to do. But you, there is a, an application you see online called TVFool.com. If you go there, put in your zip code or your street address. It'll tell you how high to put your antenna and where to aim it to get over-the-air reception for radio stations or for digital TV. That's super cool. I've never heard of that before. That's TVFool, yeah. F-O-O-L? 
gbfool.com, and you put in your street address, it will give you the azimuth to point your antenna to and, and, you know, how high it is. Or if you just give them how high it is, it'll tell you what you can receive uh, from where you're at. Wow, what a great tool. That is pretty awesome. And there's also no such thing as a digital antenna. Uh, They just receive signals. Uh, But a a radio antenna, one specifically for radios, works real well because a lot of TV antennas have uh, FM filters on them, so you can't use them both or you have to turn that FM filter off. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's all I had to say. I I enjoy listening to you and I support MPP, and y'all have a great day. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. That was wonderful. Man, it's much better to use that site than the old-fashioned way I oh, used yeah. to do it, which was Granddaddy would send us outside and go, boy, go turn that wiggle there. that antenna. Go turn that antenna down there so I can get channel three. I had a satellite dish I had to do that with because when we set it up, they wanted you to have like 70% signal, and they were like, is your satellite showing 70% signal? I'm looking at it showing 50%. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So they sent the, the start signal on through. And we would occasionally get satellites, so I'd have to go out there and wiggle it sometimes. Oh, is this like a small one, or are you talking about the full-blown, you know, the country bird bath? Not the big one, no. Okay. Just like the one that just goes on top of your house. Not the one that's on the trailer out front. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, guys, you know what? I enjoyed our conversation today about back-to-school. Being a parent in Wilts, uh, you're a parent, too, and you're getting geared up for back-to-school as well. A lot of parents have questions about how young your child should be when they get their phone. I know Wilson and I talked earlier. My daughter was in sixth grade before she got her first phone. I know that's a little late compared to everyone else, but until she started doing after-school activities like basketball or anything like that, I didn't feel that she needed a phone. And she asked me from fourth grade, maybe third, begging, begging, begging. But I, I just didn't feel she needed one. But like you said, it's relative. Each household has their own age and when they think their child should get a phone. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I know some parents that maybe are, you know, um, maybe like, you know, the child goes and spends the weekend or something with, with the other parent or, you know, depending on their, their, what the kid's travel schedule are. And like you mentioned, you know, uh, you with basketball or me with with going to band, that was kind of our defining point whenever we decided to let our kids, you know, it was that first weekend where the kids were away and mama said, you know what, I can't reach them. <laughs> and, which she lit- and that literally happened. And literally that day, we were down at the store picking up a phone for both of the kids. Surprise me that evening. He's like, okay, your mama couldn't reach you, so this is what we've done. They were thrilled. So, you know. Uh, Wonderful. So, like I said, it is up to the family. So, who, when you want to get your child that device, it's up to you. But uh, responsibility is everything. Well, you've been listening to Everyday Tech. Thank you for joining us today. Our board operator was Java Chapman. And our phone screener was Jared Hallman. If you missed part of our show and you want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. Or subscribe to our podcast. For Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo at 11. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.